It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships, sans the sleaze factor, while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. One of the things, um, what happened earlier this morning was I, there's a building that is across the street from where I live. And it has been there, you know, 50, 60 years. And they were tearing it down. And so this great big, huge, uh, it's like a front-end loader with a, you know, a tracked machine comes in. And <clears throat> these two, they were really big buildings. They're now gone. They started at 8 o'clock this morning. It's 2 o'clock here. So in six hours, it wiped out everything that was this resident, all these memories. And one of the things, you know, in the intro of my show, I talk about, you know, uh, am I normal? What do I do if my partner is distant? How can I, you know, rebuild back up a relationship? So that's what I wanted to focus on today is how do you, rebuild a relationship. And what I'm going to look at is things in the media. One of the things I always say is if you want to have a good relationship or you're having some issues with a relationship, whatever you do, do not hang out with people who have crappy relationships. Find people who like their relationships. Find people who like themselves. Because when you have that around you, whether you call it law of attraction, whether you call it karma, whether you call it kismet, I don't care what you call it, you are going to be pulling in more of that. So how do you rebuild a relationship? And this could be a friendship. This could be relationship with your spouse or with a child or you know, with a very good friend. And I'll use the example of a friend of mine who, and here's the other thing, you cannot be responsible for the other side of the tennis court, okay? Let's assume this is about a tennis court and you're volleying back and forth. You cannot play the other side of the court. You can be responsible for your side. You can be responsible for getting on the court, meaning taking responsibility, having the balls and equipment, meaning being prepared, and you know, if it's a requirement, wearing whites, which it may or may not be. But the important thing about this is that you have to be aware of doing your own work. And whatever decision you are making, 
in one day, whether it's a decision to read a book about something that's very uplifting or a decision to sit and just eat some of this crap. I know someone who they absolutely should never, and when I say never, I mean never, eat ice cream. And what did they do yesterday when it was super hot? They ate ice cream. Well, what do you think happened? It hit them like a ton of bricks. They were throwing up. I mean, that's how bad it is for this person. Yet they knew this was likely going to happen. They did it anyway. Not smart. And I'll use the example of a woman I know who, someone who was one of her best friends, had, you know, was support for her for, you know, 20 years. Um, things ended between this woman and her husband, so she moved, but her friends still lived on that street. She would see her occasionally. And now this woman has literally is following in the footsteps of what her mother and her sister did, which is eating to the point of morbid obesity and becoming bedridden, while her husband is this incredibly athletic climbing, hiking, working, and to say that there is a chasm that has developed is an understatement, and all she does is sit and watch TV or play a game on her iPad, and it's just like the road has gotten narrower and narrower. If you want to work on building a relationship, rebuilding a relationship, expanding a relationship, you have to look at expanding your vision down that road. And... Many times what I will see people do is they just keep doing the same thing and the road gets narrower as opposed to expanding. The other thing that happens many times in relationships is people aren't aware of how impactful medications that they are taking or if they're going through perimenopause might have an impact because what happens when you are taking as an example, statins, and this is the work of Reza Isapana, and it literally, it damages the stem cells' ability to repair themselves. So basically, you're speeding up your aging process when you're taking statins. Other thing it does is it impacts the muscular strength in legs. And so when, you, when someone is suggesting you take something, be your own best researcher and Look to places where you feel like you're getting accurate information. Please do not think you're getting accurate information at the CDC, Center for Disease Control, or NIH, National Institutes of Health, or Federal Drug Administration. You are not going to get both sides of the story from those websites. You simply aren't. It's like the fake news that we are now realizing is almost freaking everywhere. But if you are taking... <coughs> Um, if you're a woman going through perimenopause and don't realize that that unopposed testosterone is going to make you have more mood swings, be not put up with stuff you would have before, I've, I've watched lots of long-term relationships pull apart because no one told people this is what to expect when they were going through this. And when everything evened out at the end, you know, two years, five years afterwards, they were like, wow. What did I just throw away? So knowing what you are looking at is, it's like when people tell parents, people really don't prepare parents for the impact of what it's going to be like to have kids. And I remember one woman saying to me, excuse me, she said, 
said, I love my children. But she said, you know what? If people were really honest with women about what it was like to have children, she said the majority of them wouldn't have them. And I was kind of like, thank you for speaking the truth on that, because this is a woman who very much wanted to have children. Absolutely. But she said, people didn't tell me what it was going to be like. Now, let's continue forward in you're taking personal responsibility for what's going on in your relationship or your not relationship. Maybe you're preparing yourself. That, that could be the case as well. The more that you are enjoying and being grateful for what is around you, the more you're going to have stuff come in that is going to make you feel grateful. Now, whether that is, wow, I just had the most amazing cup of coffee. It could be that. Or, wow, I just spent, you know, two hours with a really nice person. And whatever you do when you are, let's say you're rebuilding, whatever you do, do not make your behavior think that your behavior has to elicit a particular response. Unless, of course, it's orgasmic, but then that's another matter altogether. But when you are working on things for yourself, you're not in charge of how someone else is responding. And I'm going to use a couple of very high-profile celebrity instances where things, and here's the other thing that I think is interesting about these. We're being told information ostensibly from people who have observed what these people are doing, but it isn't written by them. Um, One of them is tapes that were given to someone, but the other is that people were observing what was going on around them. And as we know in that game, you know, the game, what did they used to call a telephone, where you would whisper or gossip, you would whisper something to somebody and you'd start off saying, oh, this is the downfall of chocolate chip cookies. And then the next thing you know, by the time it gets to the 10th person, it invariably has something to do with sex. And they're talking about something sexual with some person in a situation in another country, which was not at all how the story first started. So, but what I was looking at when... I was reading it because I did a lot of reading this weekend on what could these relationships have been saved? Could they have been rescued? Could they rebuild them? And I think for a large part, these, you know, listen, many relationships have things stacked against them in the beginning. Yet, if the two people in it really want to make something work, and it has to be both. It can't just be one. And I know that on a very personal level that it wouldn't have mattered what I did. My former husband had no more interest in continuing our marriage than flying to the moon. And that was when I talked about there was a hidden agenda that I had no idea about. And that was to get his daughter ready to go into college, at which point he would divorce me. I did not know that was his intention. I found it out um, after we'd been married 18 months, which, needless to say, was a little bit of a, you know, a sucker punch. Yet, once I found it out, so many of the things made sense that 
That's why it was so quick. That's why it was this. That's why it was that. So when we come back, I'm coming up to the first break now. I'm going to talk about uh, the the two celebrity situations and also someone who made who speaks on the um, own network, the Oprah uh, Winfrey Network, and she's her words are absolute pearls of wisdom, and that's Alanya Bonson. So we're coming up. We've got 15 seconds until the break. And as I said, when I come back, I'm going to talk about these celeb situations and use them as something that can shine a spotlight on things for you and who you're with. Here come the tunes. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. ever wonder how reindeer survive the severe cold? Well, they snuzzle around for some moss to eat. Moss contains a special chemical that helps keep their body fluids warm. And they're going to have to keep warm if they're going to pull Santa's sleigh every year. Santa's sleigh was originally called a wing doodle. Both male and female reindeer grow antlers, but male reindeer drop their antlers at the beginning of winter. I can't help but wonder why Santa's reindeer from Rudolph to Butson had male names. Since they had antlers, they would have had to be female. We women should have known only females would be able to drag a hefty man outfitted in a red velvet suit, originally called a hoopin' daddy, all around the world in one night and not get lost. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Be it Christmas cookies, turkey, eggnog, or pecan pie, the holidays are full of delicious food. Food shows up in places that it never does during the year, whether it's at the office, on your doorstep, or the feast on your dining room table. It's hard to resist the temptation of eating all the time, from Thanksgiving to New Year's. But food does not have to be the focus of the season. Even though there is good food all around us, I concentrate on teaching my children that the heart of the holidays is not the food, but everything that the season stands for. The focal point needs to be the reason for the season and being with the people that you love. If you've gotten off track and think that food is the center of the holidays, it's time to change your focus and center in on the right reason that we celebrate. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Again, if you have any questions for me, um, I got a very in-depth question today, which I may consider answering on the air, obviously without you know going into detail 
of who the woman is because I think it's something that, I mean, this is the amount that I will go to to help people because that is, you know, we all have to look at what is our purpose in being here and mine is service and mine is a form of service to give information that you may not be able to find anywhere else. So talking about celebs and celebrity people before the break, and I'm going to use a couple of them as examples for could this relationship be saved. And, but first I'm going to talk about something that Elania Van Sant says, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have her exact words here, but she said, we will often be more scared and more fearful to do the things that are right that, and change than, and, but we'd rather stay with the parts of us that are broken and stay comfortable with that pain. And I think we've seen lots of people do that. I remember with my uh, TV show, uh, Making Love Happen with Lou Paget. There was a young woman who was absolutely stunning. She was with this individual. She thought this person could be good father material, good parent material, and good husband material. And after having watched a segment of them, and I actually had the sound off, so I couldn't hear what they were saying, but I was watching his behavior, and I'm going, this is one of the most selfish son of a bitches I've ever seen. Seriously. He was so selfish. So she says to me, well, I think he'd make a great dad. And I'm like, uh, no, he won't. And I said, and she looked at me, and I said, you're scared you're going to be alone, aren't you? And she started to cry, and she said, yeah. And I said, that's not the case. You're too fabulous. You will not be alone. But I said, I don't want you to think that this is the best that you can do. Because I said, I'm telling you, he's so selfish, you do not want to have, you're doing all the work. I said, you're making all the compromises. And she sort of looked and went, yeah. And then I asked her girlfriend who was in the audience, I said, what does your girlfriend think? What does she think about, you know, this person? And the girlfriend's like, can't stand him. <laughs> I was like, yeah, because the girl, you know, the woman who was my guest was doing all the work. And she was more comfortable staying with that you know, sort of like half-baked bread than getting the croissant and all the goodies and the red wine. And she was more comfortable not doing what was going to be the best for her. So the uh, celebrity couple, or I should say trio, that I'm going to be talking about here is Diana, Lady Diana Spencer, uh, the Princess of Wales, and Charles, Prince Charles, the Prince of Wales. And the reason I'm going to look at this is because when we look at could their relationship have been saved, <clears throat> I have to say that when I've looked at and read so many of the things, they, this, is why, this is a classic, classic arranged marriage. And let's just go down some of the behavioral things for Diana. First off, she was very young. She was 19. And she had come from a very, uh, a really contentious, wicked divorce in which her grandmother on her father's side sided with her son so that the grandmother 
testified against Diana's own mother in court so that her mother lost custody of her four children. Now, that's got to be something pretty outrageous. So here was Diana, the youngest, in a very unhappy situation. She didn't have <clears throat> anyone to rely on. She didn't have, you know, some strength. Then her father ends up marrying her stepmother, who was not a favorite for their family at all. She then, she's not interested in books. She's interested in doing things, you know, with children. She's interested. But here's the thing that she had. She was aristocratic, and she was a virgin, which will factor in in a moment when I start talking about Charles. But she says herself, and what happened is she had recorded tapes to give to, I believe the guy's name was Andrew Morton. Anyways, he was an author, and she recorded her recollection of what was happening from the moment she met Charles, when she was young, when her sister, I think it was Jane, uh, had been dating him, and <clears throat> she had always had a crush on him. Now, you know, here she is, a young girl. She is basically isolated. Schooling isn't her thing, and she has this, you know, fantasy of, oh, you know, being the Princess of Wales. Now, let's look at Charles. Charles is lives in a phenomenally isolated world, and he's a shy guy. He's not, you know, Mr. Gregarious. He's not, you know, Mr. Masculine. He's, you know, more shy and withdrawn. Everything is done for him, including the picking out of his clothes. Everything is done for him. So to say that, you know, but I do understand that at one point apparently he had to make his bed, and that was something his father, Prince Philip, insisted that he do. But he was in a family that wasn't overly demonstrative, and he had a very cold Germanic father, very autocratic, and he all of a sudden is being told at age 30, you better get on it and you better find a bride. <clears throat> the woman who he very much liked and actually asked her to not get married, you know, got a letter to her the night before she got married, was Camilla Shand. And she treated him like he was a normal person. She wasn't like wowed about who he was. You know, she'd been around... <clears throat> aristocracy the majority of her life. But what she also wanted was she wanted to be the wife of an upper-class gentleman and have a home in the country. And that was Andrew Parker Bowles. That was who she had dated for, I think it was eight years before they got married. But here's the thing about Charles. He didn't have any skill set when it came to dealing with emotions and dealing with people having feelings and trying to sort things out. He had no skill set in that area. And he knew that he had to find an aristocratic virgin, and it was his charming, uh, I think it was his great uncle, Lord Mountbatten, who insisted that, you know, whoever the his wife would be, had to be a virgin. Well, he is looking for who could 
he possibly, you know, who could be, a, a, you know, in the roles of British society, who would be someone who would be acceptable. And the person who helped him choose Diana was actually Camilla Parker Bowles. She ended up being one of his long-term friends. Um, now, here's the other thing that factors in here. Camilla had a husband-slash-boyfriend who fooled around on her all the time. And the real bite to this is that he often fooled around with her friends, the people who were her friends. I and mean, they relate this story of, you know, uh, Andrew Parker Bowles sitting at a dinner table, and a woman turned to him and went like this, Andrew, I'm very upset. And he said, what, why are you upset? She says, I'm one, of, oh, I'm one of Camilla's only friends that you've not hit on, which, you know, that's kind of a joke, but it's also a backhanded slap. So Charles doesn't have a skill set to know how to deal with a young woman who's crazy about him, but doesn't have the skill set, was not raised in a loving, supportive family. He has, you know, he's reticent, he's bookish, he tends to be quiet. And then we have Camilla, who had a great upbringing. She had a fabulous family. She was uh, great fun. She was very secure about herself. And she was his friend, but she also had the husband who fooled around. And I don't care how much stiff upper lip you've got. It is, when you are the person who gets fooled around on, it stings. It hurts. It's embarrassing. It makes you feel like, what's the matter with me? So Camilla is trying to help Charles while he's going through the issue with Diana and he, you know, Charles is just keeps withdrawing and withdrawing, and Diana is so desperate to be loved and desperate to have him pay attention. She was turning to self-harming. She was bulimic, and she didn't have any, any friends in the firm, as the royal family is referred to. She had no support. She was being spied on, and, you know, as she said, they got the sacrificial virgin lamb, and she said, once I had Harry, who was her second child, she said, my relationship with Charles was over. So honestly, if one looks at it and sees, oh, well, it looks like everything was just fine and dandy, no, it couldn't have been further from the truth. It was a classic arranged marriage, and none of them had the skill set to be able to help one another. And so whether Charles thought Diana, she's, you know, she's aristocratic, she really knows what's happening, she will have an idea of what to do. Her thing was that she wanted to have the attention of her husband, which any 19-year-old, 20-year-old getting married would probably have that, wouldn't you think? So in my estimation, could they have saved their marriage? I don't think so. I don't know whether or not the therapists they had were kind of like a, a joke, but I don't know if it could have been saved. Now, we're coming up to my next break, and here come the tunes, and we're going to come back with another family of Could It Be Saved? This is Sex Talk 
with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. cats in U.S. households than any other pet. Most allurophiles or cat owners know that unlike dogs, taking Kitty for a ride in the car isn't any fun. I mean, you never see a cat hanging its head out the window, enjoying the breeze. Today's domestic cat is descended from a small Mideastern wildcat. A group of kittens is called a kindle, and a group of adult cats is a clouder. What's the word for those dust balls composed entirely of cat hair? Fluffernugans. Personally, I like pigs better than either cats or dogs. Dogs are subservient and look up to man. Cats are aloof and look down on man. A pig, however, will look you in the eye and see as equal. It's marching Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Yahoo Health describes exercise as physical activity that is planned, structured, and repetitive for the purpose of conditioning the body. The key words are planned, structured, and repetitive. You must have a plan. You have got to prepare a time to do it. It doesn't just happen. Effective exercise needs to be structured. You must prearrange what you will do during your workout time. And it needs to be repetitive. Exercising once or twice a week is not enough. It's better than nothing, but you need to make your exercise time consistent and recurring. I encourage you to do some form of exercise each day, whether it's cardiovascular conditioning, strength and resistance training, or flexibility. Make physical activity your priority. You can do it. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. So the next Could This Relationship Be Saved um, family, the family I'm going to look at here, is the Menendez family. And this is a family that I believe it was in 1980, 1991. Um, the two brothers ended up killing their parents. Their parents were Jose and Kitty Menendez. And Lyle and Eric were the two brothers. Now, let, let me just back up for here for a second. When I was talking about the information that I had read of Diana, of Camilla, and of Charles, the information given to Hello Magazine and Daily Mail is from people who observed and were around Charles and Camilla. It's not written by them. So the book talking about Camilla coming out, whoa, great marketing in time for her 70th birthday. And, but the information that Diana, the book that's coming out by Diana, uh, that was from her own tapes. 
that she had sent to the author. Now, the Menendez brothers. One of the things, when I was watching this particular documentary, that struck me is we had this one journalist who kept giving his two cents. And, but this is someone who had no training in the area of sexual abuse or trauma or any area of sexuality. And he just kept jabbering on. And I thought, this was an irresponsible part on the producers because the back story of the Menendez family is things behind closed doors are not necessarily as they appear. And Jose Menendez was apparently a very bullying, aggressive type of guy. And he was abusive to Kitty, both in a battering sense, but he was also sexually abusive to both his sons. Now, his sons were 19 and 21 when they were killed, but I think what people have no idea about is how terrified someone can be by someone who is that abusive. And use the example of the little elephants. Let's say you're in a relationship and someone is, you just get worn down by how they are behaving. Quite frankly, I don't think there was a hope in Hades of saving this family or this marriage because this Jose Menendez was a toxic, toxic man. And he was something that the boys just all of a sudden snapped. And I have, I've been aware of that in situations for people, and it's something that if someone doesn't have the proper training in that area, I don't think they should be talking. Now, did I treat them? No, so I can't say anything. But I do think that if you were going to put something together, looking at this, this was a powder keg getting ready to go off. Jose Menendez bullied his sons into being amazing tennis players. You will be the best that there is. You will go to this Ivy League university, even though you don't have the grades, even though you don't have the academic, you know, prowess and you're not interested in being here because it was important for his ego. And when they put when they put together the case, they made it seem like the, uh, them using that they were sexually abused as kind of a joke, and it's not a joke. When I have, I know of men, I know of women who, when abused as children, it has changed every single thing in their lives. Uh, one gentleman, now, can their relationship be rebuilt? I'll speak off the cuff of another. They've been married, I think, 20 years, 24 years, and uh, have a son, but also have um, another child that has uh, issues. But this is a person who was abused when he was young and by a woman and then raped by a man. Now, to say that that created a, you know, a complete disconnect on sexuality being enjoyable or being able to connect, and now he is speaking to a therapist to try and get help because things are pulling apart 
in his marriage, and he apparently wants to work on it. Yet I don't know if he's going to be able to be honest enough to address what's actually happening there. So I, I'm going to have to say, can, will there, you know, can that relationship be rebuilt? I think there's can because they're both very committed to the um, importance of their marriage, the importance of father and, you know, being a mother-father to this other child. Yet there's got to be something happening because at this point she's about had it with how he's behaving. So it can, again, if they take responsibility. If you want to rebuild your relationship, you and you alone are in charge of putting your foot on the gas pedal, not someone else, not a therapist, not your friend. It is you. And the more attention you pay to your relationship, the more it's going to flourish. What is it? You know, I can't think of her name, but, you know, whatever you don't feed dies. So if you don't feed an animal, it dies. If you don't feed a plant, it dies. If you don't feed a relationship, it dies. And for many people, the biggest thing they want is for someone who wants them as they are. Now, I'm going to read this um, message that I got today, and it is from a woman. Uh, and here is the, su the subject is talk about sex in a relationship. And here's the message. Hi, Lou. I am desperate. Me and my partner are now in a relationship since one year. For me, sex was and is always a topic I think is important and want to talk about it. Because I think in a healthy relationship, it should be possible to talk about the desires someone is having. Couldn't agree more. But there is a problem. Every time I want to get to this topic, he is annoyed about it and says that sex isn't that important. Since the relationship started, I have to guess what he likes because he says he likes everything I do. I wouldn't see that as a problem, but when I ask what especially, he has no answer for me. Before being in a relationship with me, he was six years single, so maybe that's a reason. He said he never slept with a woman in those years. Do you think I am doing a big mistake in wanting to talk with him about it? Uh, this is Lou speaking. No. Here's your next question. What his desires are or what he likes? Because maybe he is not that confident or it could be that he is still masturbating without telling me. He says that maybe it's his age, that he isn't that interested in sex, so he doesn't like to have sex that often. Or could it be that he's just not telling me something? What do you think? I want to do it right without pushing him away, but I have a feeling we should at least be able to talk about it. I don't really know anymore what to do. Greetings, and then her name. So, here's what I'm going to start with. Every time I want to get to this topic, he is annoyed about it and says that sex isn't that important. Well, anytime someone stonewalls someone, that's a problem. And he knows that this is important for her. Um, I'm thinking that I'm going to go almost to the very end of what her questions are, and that, or could it be he's just not telling me something? And in that not telling me something, it could be that he has a health issue that has him 
deal with erectile dysfunction, whether that be something that's diabetic, or it could be that he's taking uh, a pharmaceutical, whether it is a blood pressure med, or whether statin, because those also, statins also impact libido because they go immediately against the uh, cholesterol hormone cascade, which will produce testosterone. And but I think that I don't know if he told her he was masturbating, but I do think that there's something else more that's hidden here. And I'm wondering if maybe he's okay to talk about sex. He's okay to have sex occasionally, but there's something else that is conflicted in his own sexuality. And that's literally where my first thought was, would go. He says that maybe it's his age that he isn't that interested in sex, so he doesn't like to have sex that often. Listen, men who are interested in sex, I, I mean, some men that I know who are in their 70s um, are interested in having sex once or twice a day. That's, you know, they are, have a very high libido. So age really is not, to me, age is not the issue. To me, there's something else that is not being addressed. So do I think, you know, do you think I'm making a big mistake in wanting to talk to him about it? Absolutely not. Because if you are, if you are wanting to continue in this relationship, you want to at least have an idea, right? You want to know. And that's not what's happening here. He is stonewalling. Now he may be gay. He may just be asexual. He may not be, he may not be that confident. But for some reason, you know, he likes everything that she does. Um, that's not an answer. That's sort of a, that's a passive-aggressive response. So we're coming up to the next break. We're probably about another 15 seconds. And th then I will come back and finish answering the question about talk about sex in a relationship. So I believe we're going to have the, I believe we're going to have the tunes coming up here right away. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Salt is in nearly everything we eat, and many times it makes food taste so delicious. Even though the 2010 Dietary Guidelines for Americans recommends limiting sodium to less than 2,300 milligrams a day, Men's Health Magazine states that the average American takes in about 3,300 milligrams of sodium every single day. 
Your body needs some sodium to function properly because it helps transmit nerve impulses. It influences the contraction and relaxation of muscles, and it helps maintain the right balance of fluids in your body. But most of us are getting far more sodium than is recommended. Check out the sodium content in the foods you are eating and limit soy sauce, Parmesan cheese, bacon, smoked salmon, ramen noodles, and salami. It's time to kick the habit of too much sodium. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. This is the Tokenet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. your parents or grandparents complain about walking to school uphill both ways, you can tell them about a village in China where getting to school is a real adventure. In the mountainous Sichuan province, children have to get to school from their tiny village of Atular by rappelling, abseiling, and clambering down a 2,500-foot cliff. Using ropes and bamboo ladders to scale this one-half-mile-high brachtumic, the journey is so difficult that the school children, ages 6 to 15, only return home every two weeks. What's the word for the fear of heights? Hypsophobia. A new set of steel stairs is now being considered to help make the journey to school safer. By the way, a brachtumach is a hill so steep it hurts the stomach of anyone who tries to climb it. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm still answering the email that was sent to me today to my website. So if, like I said, I respond to all of the things that get sent to me. I do not have a format. I do not have a sponsor, you know, like a, someone else who answers it. I do the pick apart of the questions that are sent to me. So the thing that makes me really move into there needs to be some action here, I am desperate. That's her opening sentence. And the thing that when someone is not willing to discuss things, I would also ask her, does he not talk about other things? You know, is there no discussion of anything that he's not comfortable with? Which then tells me this is someone whose heart and whose mind are shut off. And that's probably not someone you want to spend time with, at least not me. And... When he said he, you know, was single for eight years, well, you know, that happens. And, you know, didn't sleep, sleep with a woman in these years. Well, you know, that's possible too. But I think there's something else that he's, he is not connected to his body. He is, and her connection to her body is important. But he's not connected to his. And it doesn't mean that, you know, can this relationship be saved because they have, you know, you know, different levels of libido. That can typically work as long as people know what type of a game plan they're working with. So if someone says, you know, I'd really like to be able to do, you know, things three times a week or once a week 
and then be able to go out and do something else, that is, you know, that's putting things on the table. Now, I would ask her to do a page of information and a sheet and do a line down the center and do one side that says, you don't talk about it, okay, no conversation. And then the other side, what are the benefits, you know, what do you get if you do talk about it? Now, I think that this has been, you know, they've been, she's been working on this for over a year with him. And he, but here's another thing, just because, you know, she may think he's masturbating, masturbating has nothing to do with whether or not people are going to be sexual. People masturbate all the time, women and men. And it does not mean that, you know, in a healthy relationship that they're not sexually interested. It just means, you know, they want to, you know, let off some steam. It's, you know, a stress reliever, whatever it may be for them. The thing is, is if he is masturbating continuously without telling her, and it may be that he's looking at stuff that is much more of a turn-on for him than what she might be. And if indeed he has downloaded that, you know, there's, you know, online material that is much more uh, arousing for him, it's almost impossible for someone to compete with the fantasy bodies and the fantasy scenarios that are in porn. It's almost virtually impossible. So even though people will keep posting their silly, goofy, uh, you know, personal porn things, I'm like, don't do it. Go ahead if you want. But once it's out there, it's out there. Now, what I, you know, the age thing, I've already addressed that. I do not believe that that's, you know, he may have downloaded that message. Um, but I do think it's something he's not telling her. And I'll use as an example a friend of mine who her father and mother, he was, would not, you know, want to have sex with her mother. And the mother downloaded that, you know, there was something wrong with her. Well, in all actuality, it was because he was diabetic and he couldn't get an erection. But he wouldn't tell her that. So here's the husband who's the father of the, you know, there's four children. And he can't even tell her that this is the issue. So, and she wants to do it right without pushing him away. I think he's already holding her at arm's length. And I do agree with her that they should at least be able to talk about it. Now, if they're going to talk about it, I would suggest that they do it in daylight, when they're vertical, over coffee, and something simple. Like, I just, you know, this is very important for me, and it may be that this is one of the reasons, and be Put it right out there. This may be one of the reasons why this relationship has gone as far as it can because I can't build anything further with you. Her ability to connect sensually and sexually is said to me in her first sentence. For me, sex was and is always a topic. I think it's important and I want to talk about it and to talk about the desires. And... There's where I think we're not getting 
anything from him. He's got hidden things. When you don't talk about these things, it's going to fester. You're going to have someone who's going to be ticked. And you're going to have someone who it, it, you, you can't build when there's no... There, this is the foundation of what she's looking for can't be built on. He, he's not willing to do a foundation or a foundational conversation with her. And I've seen that regularly, and I've also seen it where someone, uh, another woman, you know, could the relationship have been saved? And this other one, absolutely not. And it was because she was incredibly pretty and very gregarious, and he was a very good-looking guy. Well, he was very closeted as well. And so what he did is he tried to make her feel badly about what she was wearing. And I remember when I first met her, I said to her, I said, um, why are you dressed like this? Because she was wearing these baggy, light brown, dark brown pants, sweater, nothing. She wasn't wearing any makeup. And I looked at her and I said, you look like a little brown hen. What are you doing? And she sort of looked at me and I said, because that's not who you are. And she was asking me what she should do about this guy. And they had sex once. And I said, I have to tell you, I think there's something a whole bunch more going on here. And I said, you're a really good beard for him. Meaning, he can bring you to events and no one's going to ask any questions. But in all actuality, who he's really interested in, he can't be honest about and can't be um, public with. And no one should have to not be honest about who they love or what they like or what they desire. And that's what her letter, you know, her, that's what her email is here. And he says that, you know, he likes what she's doing, but I will also bet that he is not that interested and doesn't initiate. I will bet he doesn't initiate and that she does, and she wants to feel, you know, hey, I want to feel desired. And the moment that you have, and I know of instances where men will withdraw because they don't want someone to get pregnant or they are trying to get themselves out of the relationship. So the moment, but here's, here's the thing that she's at least has the enough information that and smart enough to know, I, I want to be able to talk about this and she can't find anyone where she is. So when I respond to people, I want them to know that there is, if she can get him to come to the table and have a discussion, that's another matter. But he is stonewalling her. And if anyone has done any work and knows of John Gottman, the moment that you know that someone is being stonewalled, you don't have a hope in hell, particularly if it's the man who is stonewalling. And that's what he's doing. He doesn't want to talk about it. He's probably happy having everything be done the way it is. But I don't think it would be a big mistake at all in her wanting to talk with him about it because this is a, it's a crucial thing for her. And I don't know if it's that he's not confident. I think it's just that there's something he has not told her. And 
I know of instances where men just immediately shut off the, in just the moment that they knew that they were ready to make it. And when men make a decision to do something, they're really strategic, really, really strategic. They will, um, they know what they're going to do. They know when they're going to do it. They've plotted it out. And when it's time to tip, you know, that tipping point, boom, it's a done deal. But I want this woman to have in her life what works for her because this guy seems to, he's not showing up fully, and that's not fair for her. Um, Good for her for writing. We're coming to the end of the show. If you have any questions, you can either go online and send me an email or you can go to my website or you can um, you can post it there or read some of my books. There, the, All the little pictures are there on my website as well. Because what I want people to get is that every relationship is unique. Every relationship requires something. The reason why Camilla and Charles are together is because she gets them, and he adores her. So we're coming down to the end of the show. I'm getting prompts here because we're having some uh, technical difficulties. <laughs> But so, and Karina, if you let me know when we're just coming down to the very end, and then I will do my sign off. I have 30 seconds. Okay. Lou Paget at uh, Lou at loupaget.com is the email. And if you want to look at something that's going to make you feel good, only look at news that is good news. Be grateful for what's in your relationship. Be grateful for what's in your life. And your relationship can build. You can change it. You can shift it. But you have to be the one with your hands on the wheel and your foot on the gas pedal because no one else can be responsible except you. Here come the tunes. Have a great week. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget.